0: In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilty Pleasures, we dive into maybe the most
1: sultry song we've ever done. Bill questions the accuracy of the internet, and I dispute him.
0: And we do our best to see if we can justify that coast to coast is
1: actually LA to Chicago. So we hope you enjoy our discussion on Shaw Days' Smooth Operator.
0: are songs that follow you throughout your life and to me today's song is one of those songs I remember hearing as a kid And I remember it being kind of a monumental track. The sound was unlike anything I'd ever heard. And it stayed with me my whole life. It kind of changed meaning. As time went on and I got to be a little more world weary, I started to understand what this whole thing was about.
1: When exactly did you figure out that Smooth Operator was not actually about a telephone operator?
0: Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, uh, people listening to this podcast will most likely know that they heard it when uh, you explained to me that it was not about someone who worked at the phone. What do they call it? The switchboard? Phone company? Switchboard? Switchboard, yeah, I wasn't a switchboard person. Yeah. Yeah, now, of course, I'm world-weary. It's been a few weeks, but I'm there
1: now. You've done a lot of growing up in those couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, the whole world took a whole new
1: sepia tone. I realized this guy wasn't to be trusted. Which guy, me or...? no. The smooth operator. Yeah, you can't trust the smooth operator. We're gonna get all into this when we talk about the video, we talk about the song, but the song by Sade, you're absolutely right. I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't know about this song. It came out in eighty four, released in eighty-five in North America. It was everywhere. At that time. And it was and it is absolutely mesmerizing. Oh, for sure. And you can play it now for the kids. Actually, there was a resurgence of the song. There was a remix of it. It was popular on the TikTok and all this other sort of stuff. Yeah. The kids are listening to Sade again. Yeah. And that, there's
0: something good about the age we're in as the whole world burns down.
2: Stop.
0: Let's talk the history of Sade. Now, when we say Sade, we're talking the band. But we
1: also are talking about Sade the woman. And it's interchangeable But it is also different. Growing up, up until, oh, I don't even know when. It was relatively recently, not three weeks ago recently, but within the last couple of years that I realized that Sade was the actual band, not the name of the singer. Well, it is the name of the singer, but it's not just the singer. It's the entire band. Right. She called herself
0: the Sade Miller Band. We don't understand it was a band. Yes. But she just went with Sade.
1: They, sorry. They just see, I'm doing it now. Yeah. They went with Shaw. They went with Shaw It's similar to Leonard Skinner. Just because there's a guy named Leonard Randleman in the band, it's not just him. There's no one named Leonard Randleman in that band. There's not? No. Then who's the guy that sings at Leonard Skinnerd? It's Doug Skinner. Oh. Well, there's who's not, Leonard? I don't know. I just made it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't someone named Leonard, is there? I don't know. <laughs> But Leonard Skinnerd is a band it's not just a person.
0: Let's start with Helen Falashade Adu. I hope I pronounced her uh middle name right. I have it written down cuz she said it. Falashade means crowning glory.
1: Yeah, I read that mm-hmm. as well somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, probably Wikipedia.
0: This is one of those interviews where I felt kind of like a total idiot where she's like, "Well, in Nigeria they would say Shade, but in England just say Shade." Like Didn't she just say the same thing? (laughs) And she said, though, in America, they call me Sade. Oh, yeah. That's awful. America, stop it.
1: Yeah. It's Sade. Sade. Did I get the Nigerian accent right? I have no idea. I'm going to say yes. Although it was a bad Nigerian accent. Obviously, they shortened her middle name to Sade for the name of the band because the original name of the band, Helen, just didn't have the same punch. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know my actual last name isn't hauser it's hauser isn't that the same thing no 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 frank did you hear that it's hauser yeah hauser okay Shaday. i understand so shade should we go through shade the person i think
1: so she is the focal point of the band right they, so, they
0: didn't name it after they yeah she just happened to have the same name as the, it's band. the band yeah so she's born in a kind of a small town in nigeria I just like to think it's a small town because it wasn't the capital city, but I could be wrong. And she lived there for four years while her parents were together. Her dad was an academic. Her mom was a nurse, I think. Yes. Yep. And then when they split, her mom moved moved her back to England.
1: Back to England. Yep. Yeah.
0: And so she grew up in, I think like in a port town in England before she moved to London.
1: No, she moved directly to London. London's North End is what Song Facts is telling me.
0: I don't know about that Song Facts. Let me uh, take a moment
1: here. Colchester, Essex. Okay, so let me get this straight here. You're disputing a fact on the internet. I'm disputing a fact on Song Facts, actually.
0: Which is on the internet. Holland on Sea, Essex. She's 11 years old. That's where she ended up moving. And Clacton, she ended up in Clacton. Okay, this is what I saw in these like documentaries I watch on YouTube. And then she heard the sort of pirate radio stations where she heard about all these like soul singers she loved from
1: the 70s. Okay, I still want to go back to the fact that you're disputing something that is on the internet. The greatest invention in modern history. Are you saying that the internet is wrong?
0: Here's the crazy thing, Frank. I'm disputing the internet with facts from the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I spent all day on the internet, Frank. And I found some crazy things. Just wait, because I went down rabbit holes that included LinkedIn and Reddit and other discussion forums for information I found today okay so Sade ends up in school at Clacton Colchester Institute none of this stuff makes sense to me until she studies fashion design at St. Martin's School of Art in London when she's 18 and that's where the story takes us
1: In St. Martin's College referenced in Pulp's Common People
2: oh all right she studied sculpture at St. Martin's College that's where I
0: All right, so now Day seems like she's the type of person who accomplished whatever she put her mind to. Yeah. So in interviews I've read, she was sort of shocked when she tried out for a band that actually rejected her and then changed their mind and brought her back in. And that band was called Pride.
1: Yeah, that was the band she was in previous to Sade.
0: That's right. So she's kind of hanging out in this sort of club scene from what I gather. And she already had the Sade look that we know so well, with hair pulled back, big loopy earrings, and bright red lipstick. Yeah, she was striking. Oh my goodness, so striking. So they asked her to try out this band called Pride who did a lot of like, I think the songs are kind of like, there's kind of like a funkiness to them and a kind of a throwback type of music. The sound was
1: Latin soul. That's yeah. what Wikipedia yeah. is telling.
0: For a while, no one kind of knew what they sound like because there's nothing available from them. Mm-hmm. Apparently she has a demo locked away that she's not releasing to anybody okay but someone found footage of them because they play live all over the place for a couple of years yeah so on youtube you can watch like videos of her playing oh, really? back okay kind of cool oh cool they sound pretty good and it just never came together for them but she would work with the um saxophone player for that band who is is it the same saxophone player in sade mm-hmm. Stuart matthewman yes and so he's also a guitarist too i guess and they would do um sets before Pride would come on, they would open for them. But okay. they ended up becoming more popular. So it was kind of slower music and more into the sort of soul stuff that she liked growing up. And so did Matthewman. Yeah. And so they ended up kind of becoming this thing, but it became bigger than Pride because Pride wasn't
1: really moving anywhere. That's how Sade was born. When I go to concerts, I'm always really excited about who the opening band is because it's usually some up-and-coming band or actor or artist i always kind of wanted to get in on the ground floor with new artists like oh check out this artist that i saw like they were fantastic but they're not always just awesome some of them are just okay and others are really not that good are you telling me that when
0: we saw Dishwala open for the gin blossoms you weren't wowed
1: yes but that was a different time and that was a different frank <laughs> okay that's right okay i'm just <laughs> upset that dbs wasn't there okay we're not talking about
0: this today. Okay, but in this band, Shade, members of Pride who came out of that band, in the band had like I'm guessing 7 to 13 people in Pride. Okay. But the keyboard player Andrew Hale, bass guitarist Paul Spencer Denham, and saxophonist Stuart matthewman They all ended up forming Shade. Okay. And there was also Paul Anthony Cook who is the drummer? Yes. And so I went to find out more information about Smooth Operator. And then there is this, like, article listed on LinkedIn. I'm like, that's an interesting place to find an article. But it turns out it's Paul Anthony Cook's LinkedIn profile. He's not happy. And I think he's in litigation with Sade and lots of accusations about them stealing things for Smooth Operator. Really? Yeah. So Wow. There's a lot of stuff he had to say there, and I'm sure you can find it. But we're going to kind of stick with the story that we've heard generally in the
1: public about this. Well, that's really too bad. I hate it when bands fight about stuff, right?
0: So he was drumming for Diamond Life for part of it. Yes. I think he was fired or kicked out or something went on that didn't go well. Mm -hmm. But the co-writer to Smooth Operator was one of the people from Pride who's not in Sade. Yeah, Ray
1: St. John.
0: Yeah, who ended up being like a producer for different things and had his own sort of band. Okay, so we have this band, Sade. Drummer in or out, we're not sure, but we have our other key players here. And they're not playing music that's of the time, right? Because... It's a little more, as they would say, maximalist, where you have bands that are doing um, dance music and things to get people up and moving and kind of big hair, big looks. Yeah. And this band did not have that.
1: I will say, though, that Smooth Operator, it got people moving. But in a different way.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will talk about that as well. I think that comes up in my mixtape. but uh, Okay. So it s- comes up in some of my notes, trust me. Okay. So they end up finding a producer who is Robin Miller. Got that down, Frank? Yes. Yep. Now, Robin Miller is going blind at this time. He's born with, like, eye issues. Mm-hmm. And by this time, he's, he's I think he's legally blind. And now he is, like, blind. I just say that as it interests me that the producer can't really see. And so he goes on He doesn't need to see. He doesn't need to see. He's to hear. That's right. And this is the thing with Sade. Sade is all about vibe. And this fascinates me, the way they talk about themselves, because to me, when I heard it, I'd say, oh, this is kind of jazzy. Now, Ashley, my beloved wife, of course. And jazz musician. And jazz musician. Never listens to this podcast. So I don't need to worry about making these sort of calls. But it's not really jazzy. And so, is quick to say, we don't do jazz music. We're not good musicians, they say. So, this is oh. what's crazy to me. They said, we're actually not that good. That was what they described themselves as. What they had was a vibe, but they weren't that good. And that's why the music's not too busy because they're just trying to keep the beat. They had a sense of what they wanted to do and that was it. They, they weren't great players. And this is according to the people in Shade. Which to me is nuts.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. no. (laughs) When I hear it, this sounds amazing. Those musical interludes and breakdowns and everything that happened, the solos... Those guys know what they're doing. It's
0: perfect. Yeah. And so Robin Miller is also famous for knowing what a vibe is and to go with it. And he just kind of keeps things moving. They kind of joked about how he always goes with congas on the second verse. He has a very particular way of dealing with things. I think we do the same.
1: Yeah, we have a very specific way that we go about an episode here.
0: Yeah. And so um, it was Andrew Hale, the keyboard player, who said, you don't need to know how to play, you need to know how to hear. And so the band, of course, learns how to play and they yeah. they're very good oh very like, there's no so, question yes. but the thing that makes them good is that they don't need to show off and this is what sade is about yes right it's very communal it is and so they make sure that sade the singer is at the forefront and they're yes. cool with that yeah and they're also good at knowing what they want to hear and keeping it that way and this is what makes this song so powerful and the whole album is
1: crazy oh, diamond good. life yeah <laughs> yeah very good Maybe that's why the drummer's not in the band anymore. Maybe he had a bit too much ego.
0: I don't want to speak to it because he sounded very um, determined on LinkedIn to get...
1: Get what's his.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to come back to this jazz thing. So they're not jazz. And Mm -hmm. so um, every time it comes up, Sade is really quick to say, we're not jazz. And so I'll just read something. I think either she, Andrew Hale, or the sax player said... But not the bass player. But not the bass player. (laughs) If our music has to be labeled as anything, I would say it was soul. But we have our own feeling and our own sound that have come from many things that have subconsciously influenced us. But soul is the common denominator.
1: Yeah. And there is one of the facts that I read was when Sade moved back to England, she developed a, a soulful singing voice by listening to Billie Holiday, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, and Nina Simone. And her voice isn't like this sort of perfect voice, right? You're not... Uh, like, and, it's pretty close no, to perfect. And it,
0: like, yeah, you're right, though. It is close to perfect, but it's not a voice that's like a Whitney Houston or Aretha Franklin or Adele or any of that sort of things interestingly outside of adele i'm actually surprised you didn't mention michael bolton yeah well, as a perfect voice well i was going with female perfect voices oh gotcha we'll come back to michael bolton later don't you worry uh, <laughs> perfect but outside of adele sade is the most successful female british musician really yeah so adele of course has gone crazy huge I mean, Adele's great, I guess. Yes. I mean, I I don't know. No, she is. I guess, She's yeah. She's pretty fantastic. Yeah, she is, yeah. But the thing with Sade is, she releases an album every... They release an album. Right, right. Okay. Sade, the band, released an album, like, first is like two years, three years, five years, and then ten years. Yeah. <laughs> and just... they're apparently recorded. We're still waiting. It's been 13 years since the last album. Yeah. Everything they've put out has been stellar. I worked through the discography yesterday. Holy cow
1: every album made it to the top 10
0: yeah and i mean this isn't the focus of our podcast but when no ordinary love came out in the 90s oh yes <laughs> it actually it will be an episode yeah that'll be our decent proposal episode oh my goodness anyways robin miller who's can't see but he can hear and he produces two tracks for them they're unsigned and he kind of just says to bands he works with i think sade as well listen you have no money but i have a studio if things go well i want a cut of your profits i think it worked out for him
1: smart move yeah
0: and so he produced for them two tracks your love is king and smooth operator wow and so those are kind of the two iconic sade songs yeah yeah from this album oh sure. my goodness yeah. and so um and your love is king is the first release yes uh when it comes out in uk so they're not signed yet. They're a band and that is curious to everybody because they don't sound like anything else. One of the members of the band, who's not Sade, described it as, no one has seen anything like this before. Three skinny white boys doing this kind of alternative stripped down soul kind of funky jazz stuff and this beautiful black girl singing. And it said, there's nothing else like that. So they do have this look. Here's something that fascinates me about this time. And so I feel like it has been kind of whitewashed in the last 50 years. So speak, has it been 50 years since the 80s? No, 40. 40 years, yeah. Race was such a big deal back then. Yeah. So for Day to be a biracial woman singing with a bunch of white guys was kind of unique then. It was
1: taboo. Oh,
0: the sweetest one, wasn't uh-huh. it, Frank? <laughs> now, she went to the States and was being interviewed. I watched interviews from this album. Yeah. And they kept asking her about her parents because they were interested in the so-called mixed-race marriage, and it was so on the minds of the people. They weren't even talking about the music.
1: Really? Oh, it was
0: really weird, but I remember... bonkers. Yeah, but I remember that being a thing at the time. It's so yes. weird where we're at now, and so we'd look back longingly sometimes at that time, but I also look back on it and like, oh, that's good Embarrassingly, to, it, you, it, you yeah, well, back, For
1: sure. Yeah. It's like, why was this such a big deal? It's ridiculous. I don't know.
0: But there is something about Sade that is so um, attractive. Beyond all this, she is so compelling as a figure. But then her voice is just right. She seems to me to be the perfect sort of art student because she understands what she needs to do to make the scene. Yeah. It's
1: incredible. Her voice
0: and her look just oozes sophistication. And this is the song. This is sophisticated music out at a time when you have Duran Duran, Boy George, all these other things that are way more flashy. Yes. And they're just subtle. Yeah. Thank goodness. And we are all the better for it.
1: Yeah. The genre of music that, again, I'm going off the internet here, so forgive me, I might be wrong, apparently, Bill. It doesn't really distill it down to one specific genre that they sing. And it is soul. It is smooth jazz. It is sophistopop. It's R&B. It's quiet storm. It's all of these things combined together. And it's amazing. There's another stat that I read. Again, on the internet, which could be disputed, but after this song was released in 1985, more specifically in North America, that there was a 16 percent increase in pregnancies <laughs> There's no way there's
0: a stat on that. suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, we've been dancing around the point too long. This song is a sexy song no
0: it is it is it has the vibe it's sultry it is everything and when you're a kid it's just a cool sounding song but as you get older it's like oh oh this is something else i could listen to the song in any decade and it still stood out right it never sounded dated to me it might be of its time but because that time is such a weird time and this is so different yes And as we've gone through, we kind of danced around this, Your Love is King gets released in in England, Mm -hmm. but Smooth Operator is the one that got released, I think, in the States.
1: Yeah, it was released in England in 84, but the States in 85.
0: Right, and the States took to it, and they were surprised because no one thought this song would be a big hit. Yeah. Now, when you listen to the album version, it sounds different. It doesn't sound the same.
1: Yeah, there's the single version, the album version, and then there's the 12-inch version, which is nine minutes long.
0: Yeah, there is, right? And we're going to talk about that for the video, I guess. Mm -hmm. But there is um, the album version that doesn't have the same feel in the end as the single version. And it amazes me that people will hear a song and then realize it needs to be punched up just right to hit the market. And there is a huge difference to me between the two. Yes. According to the uh, discussion forums I went on, they claim that the single version is just double-tracked. But from my ears, it sounds like a new vocal and double-tracked.
1: I don't know what any of those words mean.
0: Well, the thing is, I'm going to double-track your voice right now. Say something.
1: Oh, my goodness. When you ask me to say something and put me on the spot, I really don't know what to say. See, I double track that, and it sounds different. No, it sounds like my voice because I haven't heard the recording. No,
0: you haven't, but when you do, it's going to sound double tracked.
1: Well, but how do I know that for certain? Unless you can't tell me that. Just trust the studio magic, would you? Fine. He's a smooth operator.
2: Smooth operator. He's a smooth
0: I hear a new vocal I hear a new punched up vocal And I hear some little differences In the instrumentation What the album version has going for it Is that opening
1: Oh the spoken word part
0: He's laughing With another girl And playing With another heart Placing high stakes Making heartaches He's loved in seven languages Diamond nights and ruby lights High in the sky Heaven help him When he falls
2: He's loving. Another girl in plain, with another heart, placing high stakes, making ache. he's loved in seven languages, diamond lights and ruby lights, high in the sky.
1: That opening is so So
0: good, good. and we are the less for it because we never got to hear it.
2: Exactly.
1: That's why you kept thinking it was about a telephone operator. Totally.
0: If I knew that, then it would be a whole different feel to it. But no, we had to wait until this week to find (laughs) out that that's how it opened.
1: (laughs) Those opening lines, it's basically telling you what the song is about, what the video is about, because it's about this smooth operator who gets off from the telephone company and cheats on his best girl, who's Sade.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. But Sade sees this and realizes Yeah, she should know better, and she says so in the song, right? But that opener also has just the perfect spoken word-ness to it, if I may create a term. And it's just like, you got the music going, she speaks over it, and she's got that deep voice, even though she doesn't have a deep voice. But it's deep. It's my sultry. It's right sultry. Yes. Sultry is never high, is it?
1: No, sultry is kernel growl to it almost. Right. It's kind of like my voice. It's not like my voice. <laughs> it's
0: not like my voice at all.
1: My voice is like dolphins giving birth. That sounds at least life-giving.
0: Well, I guess we're jumping into the song, yeah, okay. They got signed anyways, yeah, yeah, long story short, thousands of people come to hear them play. They actually refused to let record companies in just to screw with them, really? yeah, and then they everyone was desperate to sign them, even though people weren't sure what to make of them, and they signed to Sony and of course, the rest is
1: history. yeah, they've done so well. That's awesome. That's a sade move, Keep oh, my the record goodness. execs out. She's so cool. Yeah, Oh, well, yeah. And so are Way they. cooler than us.
0: Well, the thing is, they're cool because they get to hang out with Sade.
1: I know, <laughs> right? yeah. By, they like,
0: become Sade yeah. by hanging out with them.
1: Just by being close to her.
0: Yeah. Should we be in a band called Chris Newkirk? <laughs> Doesn't
1: have the same no. ring to it. Newkirk, maybe? Yeah, yeah, oh. maybe.
0: All right, so let's now head into uh, single version territory. The, the stuff we heard when we were, well, we were eight, I guess, when yeah. this came out for us in North America. And so we get that sax, I guess, is playing at the beginning right away. Don't we get that, or is it yes. the
1: drums? It's the drums and it's the bass. Oh, and, and it's a fretless bass. Oh, it's Frank. a fretless bass. Yeah, because you can hear it. Let's put let's put because there's on. no worry. note that I have is those drums come in, that sort of boss nova drum, yep. and then I have the bass takes a walk down the stairs. Without fretting at all. Exactly. Worry-free walk down the stairs. He's just strutting. He's strolling. It's crazy.
0: There's an argument to be made, and that argument was made by this person. You? No. Oh. By musicologist, if I may call him, James Hawkins. He says, the music is the guy. In this song, especially the sleazy and sexy saxophone. So whenever you hear the sax, it's the smooth operator. Ah,
1: okay. And so that opens
0: up the song, right? Yeah. So you hear it early, but that's the guy. Yeah, okay. Who's causing trouble.
1: He is causing trouble,
0: though. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does Sade say about this guy? Diamond life, lover boy. He move in space with minimum waste and maximum joy. City lights and business nights when you require streetcar desire for higher heights that's the first little portion there
1: So, Bill, you and I are completely unqualified, I think, to speak to any of these lyrics in the sense that... Oh, experience? Experience, and I just don't understand what any of this means. The only thing I can understand necessarily is he moves in space with minimum waste and maximum joy. The only thing I can take away from that is he is an efficient lover.
0: (laughs) I can help you out on this here, Frank. All right. I have written in my notes, lyrics only work with the vibe. When you read them, they don't make any sense. Yes, they don't no, really no, work.
1: No, no, exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: And Andrew Hale does say, though, that Diamond Life describes the band living a hard life, but a lifetime bright like a diamond. Oh, okay. So I get what he's doing with it. And I think he should have gone further saying to live the hard life. If you live a hard life, the hardness is what creates the diamond. He didn't go there, but I'm going there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But in the song, I don't think that's what's getting at. The idea of the diamond life. And because it comes up earlier, diamond nights, ruby lights, high in the sky. So the diamond life is he's living this sort of life of opulence. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. On the backs, quite literally, Frank.
1: Of the women that he's betting.
0: Yes. Okay. I was trying to be more subtle about that. Bill, we know that I have zero chill. <laughs> totally. And zero subtlety. All right. So, Diamond Life Lover Boy, we got that in. Yeah. We move in space with minimum waste and maximum we joy. We are he. Oh, he. We in my lyrics, but it was bad lyrics on the internet. Um,
1: Wait. Are you saying that the internet that you looked at is wrong in this instance?
0: I looked at the internet twice and it gave me two
1: different answers. Okay. So there is. There's a chance that my internet could have been right earlier there's always a chance okay just want to make sure minimum
0: waste maximum joy i have written here calculus sets the derivative to zero <laughs> also a circle will give you minimum waste and maximum joy as in you can minimize the perimeter maximize the area if it's a circle that's your best shape ever We only tell the grade nines about squares, but every once in a while I'll say to them, hey, listen up. The circle is actually the one that's going to give you the true minimum and maximize. Do you
1: have any idea what I'm talking about? No, I do. And I always thought that the scalene triangle got a bad rap.
0: Nicely played there, Frank. City lights and business nights. Sure, okay. I feel like this
1: is like, you're living a life in those big cities like Grimsby. I see this as sort of nightclub life or the jazz club life. You go to a club to see an artist play and there's one and champagne and there's drinks flowing and all of that and it's a very like you said opulent lifestyle right
0: and so what we also have here is the moment of a song being written by someone in their early 20s because this comes out while pride is together and so I don't know how old Sade is at this time and with I think she probably did the
1: lyrics my guess is she's the lyricist according to the drummer who's angry yeah. about this it was written by by Sade and Ray St. John right those so, are the songwrites. yeah those are songwriters
0: so my guess is Ray St. John isn't doing lyrics it sounds like Sade is like a lyric person I'm just guessing mm-hmm. on that but I do know what a streetcar desire means okay because that's the play by tennessee williams the streetcar named desire yeah yeah and so immediately going when you require streetcar desire for higher heights is sort of just playing with these things you know and of course streetcar named desire is a play that has to me a greater title than the play itself i've taught it a few times so i'm kind of a pro at this frank But Stanley, the main character, is not really a subtle, smooth operator. He's more like a blunt instrument, but not like cool, blunt instrument like the latest James Bond. He's like bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But Streetcar Named Desire is such a great title. This heads into maybe pre-chorus. I mean, it doesn't say on my lyric sheet. No place for beginners or sensitive hearts. You know why, Frank? It's because you're going to get burned.
1: Well, this guy's done things before.
0: Yeah. When sentiment is left a chance, no place to be ending, but somewhere to start. Maybe this is the sort of idea of like, well, if you're going to enter into love, you can deal with a smooth operator early and it'll teach you some lessons. But you never
1: really want to learn those lessons. No.
0: Not from a smooth operator. No, not at all. I feel like you're speaking from experience,
1: well, there was this one girl that I had a intense flirtation with that worked at the mobile phone station at the mall. So, was she a smooth operator? Because the she's phone adjacent. Well, you know what I'd say. Ah, uh, yes, yes, okay. <laughs>
0: This all builds up to the chorus, right? We're we're there now. And to me, and I'm thinking about me as an eight-year-old, this is the moment where this is all I'm going to remember. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And I hesitate to use this term, but it is so smooth. And it is. And she brings back the spoken word, right? Yes. No need to ask. And she gives the accent in there. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. And then he's a smooth operator. And she just repeats smooth operator. And all I have written down next to it is sultry hypnotic. This is the most beautiful language next to maybe Enya's Orinoco flow. Maybe on
1: par with it. I feel like this exists in the same universe. I'm going to say that this is a higher language.
0: Oh, wow. There's a lot of Enya fans we've lost there, Frank. I
1: know, but I love this song. And Sade is just, oh my goodness
2: operator
0: and so now we're heading to the other part I, the I, second part of the course oh
1: my goodness yeah.
0: and i'm just gonna state this here what's your favorite part of the song this is my favorite well no Actually, there's about 18 different favorite parts.
1: Yeah. This is one of your 18 favorite parts. Oh, my. Of the this
0: song. is the part when you're a kid, every kid knew this, yeah. even though they didn't know what it meant. Coast to coast, LA to Chicago, Western Mail. Across the north and south to Key Largo, love for sale. Coast to
2: coast, LA to Chicago.
1: So if I have any complaint about this song, Mm -hmm. I'm ready for this. I get it. Those in glass houses should not throw rocks. And Bill, you and I are terrible geographers. And I am willing to give Sade a pass because they're from a completely different country. But Chicago is not a coastal town when it comes to the oceans. It is coastal in the sense that it's on a lake. You're right.
0: And so here's the thing. So you got, it's on Lake, is it Michigan? Michigan. Yep. All right. Now, if we take a look at Lake Michigan, just bringing up on my phone here. Yeah. Lake Michigan. Ooh, blends with Lake Huron pretty well. Yeah. So that's one big giant body of water. So you could call it a coast in terms of a freshwater coast. One of the biggest freshwater coasts, if you're a Huron, Michigan devotee. Yes. In terms of making it one lake, which I'm not, being a Lake Ontario fan. Yeah. No. I mean, Superior is still the Gitche We're not going to mess with that. <laughs> but Michigan, Huron, the Michuron, as some of those um, weirdo freshwater devotees. You just made
1: that up, didn't you?
0: I did. I know somewhere out there there's a freshwater devotee who's going to be really offended but still nonetheless it is a coastal
1: town kind of in chicago yes if i can make a suggestion to shade this is 39 years later perhaps the lyric goes coast to coast la to stone harbor which is a coastal town in new jersey right on the ocean coast to coast la to stone harbor not bad actually it
0: works right my bigger issue isn't that it's western mail I thought it was actually M-A-I-L. so
1: Because you thought it was all about communication. Totally.
0: I thought it was all like, okay, so it's both an operator and now they're sending mail. Yeah. And so that made sense to me in my world. And the forgotten fourth verse about the telegram. Exactly. Tick, 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 tick. stop. I intend on sending an email. It just has stop written on there. So it was old timey (laughs) for every period.
1: Yeah. In spite of the potential geographical error, you are absolutely correct. That is the part of the song that everyone knows how to sing to. Because there's the smooth operator, but then she kind of bounces it up a little bit. Oh my Coast goodness. to coast yeah. to, Like, it's almost fun yeah oh yeah but yeah it's serious it's serious it's serious
0: fun i mean because she ends with the words love for sale yes and so the question of course is he
1: participating in sex trades or is he the gigolo, is he a gigolo? i think, I, he's, I a think gigolo. he's a gigolo yeah again the internet which apparently the version i read was wrong according to you bill but the one comment that was made it's implied that the women he uses also supplies his wealth. it's also clear that he does not return their affections of these women as Sade sings near the end his heart is cold
0: it is oh
1: he's the worst
0: now this feels early in the song to me because it's just after the chorus
1: and they go to musical
0: interlude yes which amazes me going back to this and so you have guitar to sax to fretless bass
1: is that Uh, one of your 18 favorite parts oh yeah
0: this is one of the major favorite parts because it has both a chorus the coast to coast and then it has the musical stuff so now you get to see the band outside of Sade doing their thing, supporting yes. her. And the highlights of everything that makes Sade amazing happens here. You hear her credible phrasing and just knowing ways of singing. And then you have the band all come in. So guitar, fretless bass, and then the sax. The sax. Gives it. Yes. And to the argument of that James guy, Hockley, is that what I said his name was? Hawkins yeah james hawkins you get what james hawkins calls that sleazy sexy sax and it represents sorry frank i hate myself right now it resembles yes the guy he's doing it and the sax is our main character yeah because he is the main character oh he's the smooth operator Yeah, he's the smooth operator the yeah. sax is smooth yes. and it
1: operates absolutely
0: Now we get to the next chorus here. I don't like the lyrics unless I hear them. Face to face, each classic case we shadow box and double cross, yet need the chase. Ah, actually, I changed mine. I kind of like that. A license to love, insurance to hold, melts all your memories and
1: change into gold. His eyes are like angels, but his heart is cold. When she sings, his heart is cold, there's drum hits to emphasize the fact. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah you're right.
2: That's it.
1: The lyrics, okay, is she an actuary here? She's talking about insurance and licenses and all this other sort of stuff. It doesn't matter what she sings. It sounds amazing coming out of her mouth. You're right.
0: And I can't help but think that this is the biggest missed opportunity for whatever crappy Roger Moore Bond movie was being released. Yeah. That that Smooth Operator should have been the name of a Bond movie.
1: Yeah, And the theme song, because this has James Bond feel to it. Oh, it does. Because it's, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the video, but there's this man of intrigue through the whole thing. The smooth operator, as he sort of works his shady deals and everything. But he keeps getting away with it. And from there, all we get is
0: like the best parts of it, which is the chorus and then repeats from coast to coast and so on. But smooth operator, and it just mesmerizes.
1: Yes, absolutely. So should we jump into the video here? Yeah. Because I think we went through basically the lyrics. Yeah, yeah,
0: we totally did. Well, there's one long video, and one shorter video. Yes. I watched the longer video first.
1: Okay, I watched it second. But I knew about it.
0: Okay. And so, I mean, the shorter one, she's singing in a bar and there's a woman who comes in and talks to the guy who's clearly the uh, smooth operator. Yeah. She's a waitress, the girl that's coming in, correct? Okay. And the woman looks back at Sade and there's like this knowing... There's a tension. Yeah. There's a tension. We get that. And then we we see all those clips and stuff that Sade's been involved. Yes. But the long version definitely fleshes that out.
1: There's a whole story. There's a police interrogation. Yeah. Dude falls off of a building after you get shot. Like, it's a whole story.
0: Well, you just gave the beginning and the end.
1: So you guys can figure out
0: the middle. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> you have the beginning of the interrogation scene. Shade doesn't do a terrible job acting. She also doesn't do a terrific job acting. No, yeah. She doesn't have to because no. we are already mesmerized by Shade. She is mesmerizing. Yes. I feel kind of bad talking about it because she's also so good as a singer. I don't want to take away from it, but she's so magnetic. Yeah. Yes. And th- that's the thing is like, I'm like, okay, is it is it because she's really pretty that I like this or is it because she's incredible as a singer? She's
1: a great singer. She's a great singer. So it's both. I think that you just want to be around someone like that. Oh my goodness.
0: Are we like that as a podcast?
1: I would like to think so. Okay. There are a lot of people that hang out outside the Winchester when we're recording. You know what, Frank? I've heard a lot of people
0: talking about your voice as being something oh, really? they want to be around. Well, Despite you maybe not appreciating your own voice there are appreciators of your voice out there
1: my biggest struggle is when i go through the first cut for the edit and listening to myself and finding all the little mistakes and foibles yeah in my voice and i hate it so I, I don't understand why people would like that i understand why people would love shade's voice because yeah. it makes silk feel like sandpaper yeah well,
0: Frank, I know you might not believe it, but you're a smooth operator to somebody out there. Is that
1: because I recently got a job at a telephone company?
0: Well, it's Western Mail, isn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, in the video... The long version of the video, there's the interrogation scene. Yes. And then you have her watching what goes on at the club. And then you have her watching videos of herself with the guy. With the, this kind of crooked the cop. The cop, right? Yeah. The cop showing her like, look at this. But he's also like, look at you. You're sleeping with the guy. Look. I'm like, wait a sec. What kind of cop is this? He yeah. sounds pretty sleazy.
1: Yeah. He sounds like the saxophone.
0: He does. But the saxophone is the guy. Yeah. And that she says she's she has no idea. She's never met before. Yeah, <laughs> and she sees herself with the guy, with like, the guy, well, oh, that
1: guy. Yeah,
0: and then at the end of the video, when everything kind of comes to the end, which seems like a natural end to the real video, she's now hiding behind these PV amps. Yes. I know they're PV because they look like the ones we have at our house, which I realize now that Ashley has equipment from the mid-80s. Yeah. Really need to update this stuff. <laughs> she knocks over a whole bunch of things while she's watching this guy.
1: Wait, Ashley or Sade? No, uh, well, it's a good question.
0: Could be one or the other. But, oh yeah, Sade. It's Sade. We're back to Sade. Yeah. She knocks over these amps and he suddenly is taken by surprise, but he just looks like he's trying to like hook up with this other girl. Yeah. And he chases... Is the smooth operator. The smooth operator yeah. then does that most unsmooth thing is he chases Sade, who grabs a phone to talk to someone, then leaves it off the hook, runs up the stairs. He runs up the stairs. She runs up a bunch of stairs, finally gets to her, and then just starts choking her, but looks really happy to be killing her,
1: Yeah, which which is is kind
0: of weird. Yeah. And then suddenly he looks down and realizes people are after him. He doesn't want to kill Sade. Let's go. And then there's a shootout, which is very early 80s in the sense that it takes forever for a shootout to happen yeah it might be like a real shootout where no one actually gets hit for so long yeah finally he does get shot and then he falls off the building but the great fall is that he falls in the sense that i'm watching sctv and it's a a a dummy falling yeah And he falls, like the dummy falling, it doesn't look like him at all. Maybe he's about four feet tall. And then when they look down there, he is dead. Yeah. And Sade is looking down and then puts her head in her hands. She might be acting better than Scrooge's fiance did in the 1951 Alistair (laughs) Sim version, which is a perfect movie outside of that one scene. where You brought that up in our Christmas mix. I know. But yeah, Sade's acting, she doesn't need to be an actor. You don't want that life, Sade. We
1: want her to be a singer, but... In the single version, which would have been the version released on MTV and Much Music and VH1 and all of those other places, it's more of she's singing at the club. And there is this sort of police interrogation thing happening in the background. But she is witnessing this waitress who this smooth operator is picking up. But with that whole subplot of the police interrogation, there's one of the most awkward exchanges of a gun i've ever seen in my life the guy pulls it out of his pocket like just holding it with two fingers and then presents it to the other gentleman like it's on a platter in two hands and he picks it up and like looks at it and this is on the street and it's just the most awkward exchange yeah. i could picture like this is how you don't hand someone a gun in public
0: he's the most unsmooth operator oh,
1: absolutely, <laughs> he'd be
0: dead so yeah. early in this movie <laughs> That's a video that we got to see. I mean, I don't know how often people got to watch the long version, maybe late nights on MTV or whatever. Yeah. But it's enjoyable, that's for sure. It tells a story. It does. Outside of the Wichita Lineman, this might be the greatest song about an operator.
1: (laughs) that's not a phone operator
0: yeah so this would be number two number three is the jim croce operator oh very right. yeah this is the other one all right well that leads me to my hallmark movie frank okay you have one yeah i made one up here this is a rarity for me let me just read it off my notes here a not immediately beautiful man works the switchboard in the 1930s brackets connecting la to chicago close bracket <laughs> 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 in an idyllic pennsylvania town he
1: discovers... Can you know his that Pennsylvania is nowhere near Chicago? It's right?
0: not, because he's, he's. but he's an operator. He's. I don't know why he's connecting LA to Chicago. We don't need to ask these questions. It's a Hallmark movie, Frank. Okay, okay, that's right. And it's in Pennsylvania. Gotcha. He discovers his voice is alluring to the ladies, and so he starts to moonlight as a phone love operator. I have in brackets, he's not a sex operator, but a phone love. It's pure. It's different. Yeah. Yeah but finds himself in love with the local librarian who calls him nightly. She calls him, but doesn't know him, right? So, he talks to her on the phone in this love service, not a dirty service, Frank. Yeah. But a love service, I haven't figured out how to make it Anyway, so <laughs> the librarian calls him every night because she's lonely. He goes to the library every day to take out books, but she's not interested in him because... He's not seemingly anything special. He doesn't speak to her because he doesn't know how to, but if he only could, she could hear his voice and that would make all the difference. And so they dance around for an hour and a half and he has to find a way to bridge the gap between them and also save the town from being bought by big oil. That is my Hallmark movie.
1: That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had to do a lot of research to find out that Pennsylvania had oil at some point. (laughs) I was like, okay. I'd
1: watch that movie.
0: Okay, good. That's a rarity for me to come up with a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Do you have a Hallmark
1: movie? No, I didn't even think of one. No, you don't need one. You can't top
0: that. Except for the Sade video, Yeah, I suppose, the original. All right. I got so many categories here, Frank. Okay, fantastic. All right. I'm not going to ask whether he should. I
1: just want to know how should Michael Bolton cover this song? Oh, how should he? Okay, because it's a sultry song. So there's no way he can go full Bolton on this. Okay. So the way that he needs to cover this, he's gotta be on the dolly with the mask like Hannibal Lecter from Silence, uh, the Silence, Lambs. Of, the, oh, Silence right. of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. Not the other two movies.
0: He needs to be restrained so enough you, to sing this. Wow. So they actually have to strap him up in the studio. Yes. All right, I got this. He needs to sing this about himself. He needs to go full oh, first person. Full so it's bolt meta. Yeah, it's full bolt in first person. Okay, no, so I get I, that. I read the lyrics. No need to ask. I'm a smooth operator. And he says it over and over again. And he goes, I'm a
2: smooth
0: operator. And he goes, coast to coast, LA to Chicago. I'm a Western male. Across the north, south to Key Largo. And then he goes full Bolton. Baby, I got love for
1: sale. And that's when the...
0: Yeah, it just clips and ends. The song ends there. We don't even get to the part where the instruments play because he's destroyed them all. And in the video, everyone's just lying down. Like that Radiohead video where they've heard something they don't want to hear it.
1: Which one is that again? Just. Just, that's right. Yeah,
0: and I think that was actually
1: a Twilight Zone episode, but we'll let that go. All right, Frank, what part of the song brings you joy? Okay, there are 18 parts that we both really like. The two parts that really stand out for me are at the end of the chorus, chorus one, when it has that guitar breakdown and then the sax solo, that instrumental portion. But despite the geographical error, the coast to coast, LA to Chicago, that, yeah, I love that.
0: All right, I'm with you. That's my thing too, right? But then the whole song is perfect. So it's it's kind of funny to talk about as though I could like a part. I like it all. Coast
2: to 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 the north and south to
1: okay, next question for you. Where are you likely to hear this song? That's, uh, that's a tough one. When I would like to hear it would be if when I get a date, It's at a dark sort of like restaurant, bar, club, or whatever it is. And it's being played over. We kind of touch hands and we sort of, we connect at that point. All right. Because I can be a smooth operator. You are a smooth operator. My hands are really, really soft. Like unusually soft. I have written
0: down, it's being played in the background as soon as Frank opens the door to bring a date home. (laughs) It's already
1: playing. (laughs) That's fantastic. I I should set my... House up like that.
0: Alright. Next question for you, Frank. This is important. <laughs>
1: okay. The okay. other one wasn't? Yeah, no, there's there's so many important thoughts. Okay. Would Chris Newkirk like this song? Yes. There's no way that Chris cannot like this song. I don't understand how anyone cannot like this song. Fair enough. I assumed that
0: it was never on his radar because he was into like the cure and other music. Yeah. Now, for first-time listeners, Chris Newkirk is the coolest guy we know. And <gasps> Like, cooler than a me? Sorry, Frank. And his friendship has helped elevate our own sort of s- self-respect. <laughs> and
1: our social status.
0: And our social status. Yeah. And so we always look to him to see if he likes the music we like. And yeah. we're never quite sure where we stand. But I just assumed he'd be into, like, The Smiths and The Cure and that Sade wouldn't be on his radar. Yeah. So as I was asking the question, so Frank noticed I was on my phone. I typed into Chris Newkirk. I actually just sent him a text do you like smooth operator by shade and his response i am a human am i not
1: (laughs) exactly chris is not a robot right loves this song
0: so i think with guilt free pleasures is we talk about songs that aren't well received and so we picked a song today that is
1: universally well received yeah
0: and if you don't like it you should ask yourself if you're a machine
1: Would you sing the song at karaoke? I would not. There's no way I can pull this off.
0: No, there's no way. But if I were to do it, I would have to sing the whole opening part, full cappella. I know they're going to play the single version, yeah. but I would get up and say, don't start wait, it yet. Before, and then I would wait say, yeah. he's laughing with another girl. And that's for the purist out there. They yeah. know they'd be in with me.
1: And but you do it with your terrible accent. Terrible. Yeah.
0: Terrible accent. Okay. All right. Next part what drink would you pair with this song frank oh this is
1: a fancy drink it is like it's yeah. not just a full-bodied red wine it's something more this is a martini drink
0: yeah that's fair because it's got the james bond feel yeah i have written for myself manhattan
1: oh yeah, yeah okay yeah. good call
0: originally i thought about making manhattans to come here but then i don't know how to make them and then i had to bring my neighbor over to make them for you and yeah it'd be a, just a mess I had my first Cosmo
1: a couple weeks ago, I felt very much like Miranda from Sex and the City.
0: Okay, this is a surprise for you because I have an answer, and this is putting you on the spot. Yep. What song universe could this fit into? So what I want to know is what other song has the same type of feel or theme, okay? It can be either one. Well, you could say, all right, Smooth Operator works within this sort of world.
1: Oh, well, this is stepping a lot on my mixtape, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And it will come up in my mixtape. So, you know, sorry, preview here. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Careless Whisper by George Michael.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Because he is a Smooth Operator, but feeling guilt. Yes. Oh, that's good, Frank. But it also has the same
1: sonic feel to it.
0: Oh, it totally does. No, that works. Oh, that works well. I have a song that is not in the same sonic feel, but I feel like it's like someone on the reverse side who's not like Sade who recognizes this guy's prowess, but someone who's like, screw this guy. Maybe when this guy's 20 years older and still trying to pull off his move. Oh, okay. And this person's like, not a chance. And it's so cringe so cringe. And this one is a song we will do at some point. And it might be one of the greatest songs of the Guilty verse Since you began. by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, well, that's a good one too. Buffalo Stance, Nina Cherry.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's a gigolo. Yeah. She has no time for him. No yeah. Money Man Will Win My Love. It's sweetness that I'm thinking of. I love the idea that the smooth operator ran into someone oh, yeah. we couldn't handle. was Nina Cherry. He got played by his own game. Oh, yeah. And she's the one. Yeah. Oh, what a song, though. That's a great song. Yeah. That's coming up. Teaser trailer for whenever we do it. Frank, did you bring a mixtape to the table? I brought a mixtape to the table. When have I not brought a
1: mixtape to the table?
0: Never. I'm going to let you go first. All right. You know what? My mixtape's all about the Quiet Storm.
1: Ah, oh, nice. Because
0: this is Quiet Storm music, and they talk about Sade as being all these sorts of things. And Quiet Storm is a special sort of genre of music and so the way yeah. they describe the special storm is as difficult to categorize sometimes referred to as a super genre and they talk about it in all these sorts of ways and so Sade often comes up as a sort of epitome of the genre even though the genre really is the Smokey Robinson Quiet Storm song and all that but yeah. when Sade came out it was tailor-made for this genre- and everyone was in on it even yeah. though they kind of rise to different levels I, won't, I don't want to say above it but to the left and the right of it they go yeah. all over the place yeah i mean sade is something everyone's gonna listen to yes. like kenny g's forever in love everyone likes that yeah you can be a guns and roses fan you can be a tupac shakur fan you can be a roger whittaker fan you're all gonna buy forever in love that's what sade is like yeah
1: With that endorsement, Kenny G has just gotten back onto the Billboard Top 100 tracks. With Christmas? No, because of your endorsement.
0: (laughs) That's what we do here. Yeah. All right. So this took a lot of time to come up because there's so many songs, and I was feeling bad about cutting songs out.
1: Also, I love Quiet Storm music.
0: I know, and I know this is your thing, so I wasn't sure I was stepping on
1: your mixtape. No, I went a little bit of a different direction, so I'm excited about this. So I'm going to
0: start with Anita Baker giving you the best that i got oh yeah nice Uh, next up algero we're in this love together which is something you would hear on like serious radio yacht rock maybe so perfect and then baby come to me james ingram and patty oh
1: oh that's so good
0: and then the king of quiet storm and maybe my favorite quiet storm song being with you by Smokey robinson
1: my top of The Quiet Storm, has always been Luther Vandross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I
0: did have Luther Vandross, but I had to push him out because I had too many other songs. Oh, okay. My fifth, Overjoyed, Stevie Wonder, which oh, was yeah, our yeah, good yeah. friend Liz, who's on our Lionel Richie episode. Hello is put in this Quiet Storm. I don't want to talk about that. But Overjoyed was her wedding song with Emile. Oh, was it? When they danced together to Overjoyed, I'm like, wow, this is absolutely perfect.
1: It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and so, um, that's amazing. Liz, that's awesome.
0: This is a shout out for you, Liz. We miss you and we want you back on the podcast, but we understand you only come on the podcast when a song is right.
1: All right, Frank, tell me what you got. Okay. I went pretty basic. The sax plays a huge part of this song. So I went with songs with significant sax parts in them. Oh, good. I love this stuff. So I'm starting off High Energy with The Heat Is On by Glenn Fry. But then I am going into all the sultry stuff. All right. One Heartbeat, Smokey Robinson. Oh, stop right there. Yeah. Okay, go on. All right. Careless Whisper, George Michael. One of the
0: greatest songs of all
1: time. Never Surrender, Corey Hart. Yeah. Soul Provider, Michael Bolton. Oh, wow. And we are finishing it off with basically the sax song of the 80s, Baker Street jerry rafferty oh my goodness what a bizarre song i know right it, but that that
0: sax part is yeah undeniable yeah wow frank that was quite a mixtape all right final category for you frank okay hit me what time of the year what time of the day is this song meant for
1: okay this is a nighttime song
0: yeah
1: i got this, this that is too. end of date yeah this is Oh, I want to say this is a fall song.
0: Yeah. See, I got possibly summertime night, but No Ordinary Love probably goes better on a summer night. Yeah. And then I have Wintry Fireside. Yeah. There needs to be a fire involved. Yeah. And it, and it could be fall if it's November. Yeah. Yeah. Not October, I don't think. You're going moon dance or King Harvest dancing the moon. Yeah, like. I would think so, yeah. But I think late November, but also like, if not late November, you're going to skip over to January. Well, dear listeners, we thank you for listening to us. And we hope you've appreciated the sweet, sweet sounds of our voices.
1: And not so much necessarily our voices, but the voice of Day and the music that they bring. And we are
0: definitely hoping that wherever you're listening to this, from one coast to the other coast, it could be LA or Chicago, you could even send our podcast through Western Mail. We hope you know our love for Guilty Pleasures is actually not for sale. It's
1: free. This has been Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. Thank you for listening.